I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, rich in real life. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Rich in Real Life. This is your host, Jessica Hurley. Rich in Real Life is formerly known as a Stranded Phase podcast, and I could not allow us to jump into this next season of the show and this, this version of ourselves without wrapping up the Stranded Phase properly. And so I wanted to send you guys away and enter this season with uh, a couple episodes, just wrapping up the last four and a half years. If you've been on this journey with me, if you have not, go back and listen. Man, I was vulnerable. And I wanted to meet you guys wherever you were. We did episodes about the masks that we wear as women, as martyrs, as mothers, as uh, confidants, as the versions of ourselves that we try to be when we are in our masculine, when we hide our emotions, when we are too emotional, all the things that we, uh, we wear when we're trying to be seen or trying not to be seen. We did an episode about learning the power of no. Two years into the podcast, I did an episode about the season of yes. And two years later, I did the lessons and the 20 no's that I was gonna, I was gonna implement in 2022 because I my yeses had led me to not hearing my voice anymore and burnout. We did episodes on my transformation the last year and a half, which became one of the most painful yet purposeful years of my personal life. It literally ended a relationship and brought me into the most important relationship ever, which was the one with myself. We talked about shadow work. We talked about the importance of healing and got really, really deep. If if you have not, go back, listen to Success Can't, uh, Success Can't Silence the Noise about it does not about me learning the hard lesson of no matter how much momentum I had in my business no matter how successful I was no matter the fact that I was able to hit the numbers that I thought were the the milestones the markers of success for me I was numb because I had not done the work and so I had to bring you this episode about wrapping up my stranded face, choosing to not be stranded anymore, no longer aligning with that messaging because y'all, your girl is not stranded anymore and neither are you. This is simply a choice. This is when you decide. And this was becoming my story. It was becoming my identity. It was becoming who I was. Every time I was looking for a message for the show, I was learning instead of moving forward, I was choosing to stay put because you can only stay stuck for so long. There's a version of you, a death of the ego that has to occur. And if you don't invite yourself into that next level, God, universe, whomever you serve will do it for you. And that's what he did to me. And while I was on my knees more that year, this past year, than I was happy, smiling and all the things. It's so beautiful to be in a season finally of bloom and see why, because I could not see the path. 
I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could not see the end when I was in some of my darkest moments, when he was shedding me, when he was forcing me or requiring of me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. Y'all, it's that new level, new devil that we talk about. It's that you win one game, you that Mario game, you go down the tunnel, you go to the next, and there's a new bigger boss for your bigger big. And the places that you're going, you can't take certain versions of you. And most of the time, we're too damn hard-headed or too resistant to see the things that will not work for us any longer. And now that I'm like really zoomed out of the version of me that I thought that worked then, I can see clear as day how it would not work now. And the places that he wanted me to go, the vision that he had that I could not conceptualize, he had to change these things in me. And um, your girl's hard-headed. Y'all probably are too, but I'm, I'm top-notch. I'm top-tier hard-headed. So he had to, I, I have to get my ass whoopings. I have to get my, uh, my lessons on 10 speed. Just like I can make things happen really fast and, and manifest and create a life by design on 10 speed, it seems like. I get my lessons like that too. And so now that I'm zoomed out, I feel like I see so much of myself that he saved me from that I could not see. And so I want to just shed some light on some of those things because I couldn't, I couldn't even see them. If someone said to me four years ago, what are some of the things that you want to course correct? What are the, some of the things you see as your higher version of yourself, your best version of yourself? I would have never. I would have never been able, I could not have prayed a, pr- prayed a prayer. I could not have written these things down. I could not have aligned myself well enough to say that these were things that I wanted to change. But the invitation, the lesson, the life that was given to me over the last year and a half, none of which, everything that I was grappling to hold on to and everything in which that was taken from me, ripped from me and required of me to pivot and guide myself and heal from, shook me to my core and made me change these things, I could have never saw for myself. And so I'm hoping when I share these things with you that maybe they shed some light uh, on that internal look, that energy audit, that mirrored image of yourself, right? Because entrepreneurship and life is the greatest self-development journey you'll ever go on, ever, ever. It's really masked. It's just masked as um, a trick to get you to the very best version of yourself. But when we try to make it our plan and our path and our map, it's such an elementary version of his. (laughs) And so I want to start with one of the first things that I noticed that I really, really learned when I was shaken to my core, that I know for a fact that he had to save me from. And it was, it was my narrow-mindedness in the places in which I learned my lessons. There was majority of my life where I only thought my lessons were learned through uh, doing something wrong, aka failure, mentors maybe that I paid for or that were brought into my life, Um, books, education, and maybe my own theories. But one thing I learned is that everything is not for you to keep. Everything that's brought in for your life, into your life is not for you to keep. And sometimes you are subscribed to channels that God knows 
that you will tune into. It is like what you prayed for through a channel that is masked as the very thing you need. And I imagine it is like when you and you, my, you or someone else, you guys are on YouTube, you're searching for something and you find someone that's teaching you exactly what you need to know or what you're looking for, whatever DIY project or version of entrepreneurship that you are on the hunt for. And you find someone that is teaching you exactly that. And then you get what you need. And then you scroll down to the, the bit that says, you may also like, you may also look at, you may also want to see. And then that takes you down another rabbit hole. You find someone else. And then you're like, oh, I like this person. And by the third or fourth person, you're like, oh, I found you through these last four people, but you're exactly what I need. And it took me four people to get to the version of the person that I really needed in this season of my life. And I realized when I was 24 years old, God subscribed me to a channel, uh, that was going to be my greatest lesson ever uh, through a partner at the time that made me a mom, made me a successful entrepreneur, made me, I, I did my master's program and I had the most heightened amount of support I had ever had in partnership, friendship, and all the things to do. One of the hardest things at the time that I thought I could ever do was get my master's degree in business administration, like get an MBA. And it's also one of the reasons that I became a sought out executive producer and speaker because of it, because of that experience, because that channel I was subscribed to at the time, because of the plan was always this. I don't think on my own, I would have gotten here, but I was subscribed to a partner that for, for the longest I thought was forever. When in reality, I'm realizing he gave me the perfect person in a season to make me see myself, somebody that could expose me to so much more that what I could be and how to turn those things on inside of me to really make, to, to expose me to how they saw themselves so that I could take that internal look and have that for myself. When I scale, when I zoom out and I really take a good look at like, how narrow-minded I was and where I thought my lessons would come from and why couldn't I have and keep this thing that I thought was forever. It was because it was just at the time the perfect channel that I was subscribed to that God knew that I would be able to learn from that would grow me exponentially and collapse time for me to get me closer to where he's always wanted me to be. So it wasn't going to come in the form of a, a hard lesson. I mean, eventually it would and it did. But it wasn't going to come in the form of forever. It wasn't going to come in the form of a book or a mentor. It was going to come in the form of a relationship, someone that I loved that would easily expose me to more than I could ever expose myself to. And so it, one of those things that this last year and a half exposed me to was my narrow-mindedness and being open-minded to the nuances of life and the things that we think they're supposed to be and what they actually are and how God just subscribes us to a channel so often that he knows that we can get what we need from it. And sometimes it's forever. And a lot of times it's for a season and it's for our opportunity, for their opportunity and our own personal growth. Another thing he saved me from was the mindset that I was stuck in that I don't deserve or that I'm not there yet. 
the version of myself, the limiting beliefs that y'all, your girl fought for. I fought for these. I was going to fight, fight for these limiting beliefs more than I was going to fight for my growth. Y'all was going to hear me. I was going to tell you that I'm not there yet, that I don't deserve that yet, that I am not worthy, that I cannot see myself there. I may not have said those things that way, but boy, did I believe it. Boy, did I live there. Even in a partnership, I thought that I lived there. But you know what I've learned, especially over the last two years, is that you know what I'm a superstar at? It's definitely not managing my feelings or emotions. <laughs> but I, I am a superstar at rising to the risk or the occasion. Last year, I had no choice but to constantly put myself in compromising situations. Compromising situations financially, some by default where I did not have a choice, and others by choice. And each time it caused me to clean up my act, get leaner in business, take more risks, find a much deeper belief in myself, charge more, charge more, find my value, find my worth, and really know how to articulate that, believe in myself on a whole nother level, y'all. And increase my bank account. And while that doesn't seem important, it was because it funded so many of my dreams. It funded me showing up for myself in ways that I never had because I always put myself second or third or fourth. The way that I've stretched, I don't know about y'all, but I do everything by trial by fire. Like there are, there are people that learn, learn lessons the first time. I am definitely not one of them. And the way that this season stretched my mental capacity around money, because that's somewhere I have always struggled. Breaking the barrier around my money mindset has been a journey because it comes from everything that we did as children, everything that we were surrounded by, every voice, every opinion, every amount of lack and survival that we've lived in comes back to haunt us every time we go to make a decision. And then we create our own reality, our own energy exchange, or lack thereof, that there is a, a existing currency that we are only allotted or allowed. And then we literally limit ourselves that way. And the only that that those chains are so tight on me that the only way that I was able to break that was to be constantly putting myself myself in risk risky situations and literally breaking free of them by fire. Like and had I not been put in the fire in everything, being ripped out of the previous financial situation I was in, being having to fast track and scale my business as fast as I could, run as fast as I could. It literally required me to stretch my money mindset and exercise that muscle of expansion in a way that I never had. And I know for a fact, I know 100%, had I not been put in the fire that way, I would not have been able to stretch my mindset and gotten myself to the place that I am now. I know for a fact when I walked into this floor to ceiling condo that I was like, what are you doing? You cannot afford this. And I made decisions and I pulled my weight. And I'm not saying everything is hustle, but I stretched 
and exercise that muscle enough to where it became so natural for me, for me to show up and now be able to, you know, pay this times 10, put myself in a situation that I'm constantly comfortable in, scale my business and take the things that once looked scary and make them my normal average life and can and and learn to live in the space that I deserve to live and operate like this. And that has taken nothing but mental exercise for me, stretching and exercising that muscle. And I know for a fact, had I not been put in the fire that I, the way I was, I would not have done that work. I would not have stretched as fast as I could, even though I endured the most transformational year and a half of my life. And it was, and it was painful and it was purposeful and it was soul wrenching. It, I grew my business and myself faster in this last year and a half than I ever have before. Another thing that this exiting my stranded phase taught me was my half-assed journey with my friends. I was 30-something years old, y'all, and did not trust nor did I let people in. I was so comfortable in being in partnership that I would choose that time and time time and time again because I'd rather be hurt there than I would be betrayed or hurt by friends. Like, give me one, but don't give me both. <laughs> and I'm so much like my mother. God bless her. I love you, mama. But she, she didn't, she was no new friends my whole life. She was no new friends my whole life. It was the priority was always me and my dad. So your girl in a relationship ended up being the same. And if you've ever worked with any type of uh, quality therapist like mine, uh, I learned really quickly that my map was so similar to my mother's. And whether I was thought I was trying to break that or not, I wasn't. I was doing the exact same thing. Uh, I was in a committed relationship as if I could not have a single friend. And because of that, I had very few. You pair that with the insecurities that I still harbored about being unlovable and previous friendship traumas that I had in high school and held near and dear to me that went unhealed. I literally was just living life out loud like the true only child that I am, that I could basically do without. And this forcefully delivered me from that. This forcefully delivered me from that because I'm going to tell you right now, I could not have survived what I survived. And when I say that, I want to be very clear that I'm not throwing myself a pity party like I had the hardest thing happen to me. I had the, I, my life went dark for a while because of so many things, my attachment style, what I thought was breaking and uh, learning to accept that it no longer was and what it was for me. And I would not have survived this without the power of sisterhood. I would not have survived this um, without the power that women still to this day do not realize that they possess, which is men cannot be damage control for our emotional the way that we are emotionally disturbed and when we are emotionally disturbed, women can only do that. The reason that we are like that, the reason that we can be a man's muse, the reason that we can heal so many people around us is because we have that same he healing power for one another. Nobody can understand your hurt and your pain and your feelings like another woman. 
And so when I went through this season and had realized I had gone five, 10 years without really deep friendships, and then that being what I needed to survive, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I went such a important portion of my life without deep connected friendships. Why did I choose to bear so many of these things alone? Some of my friends were strong when I wasn't. I found home in my friends when I couldn't find an emotional home. I found safety in my new friends because nothing ever felt safe. I felt so vulnerable all the time that, and so triggered all the time. And so I was dealing with so many unmet deep wounds that my friends were the only place I I could find the ability to be present. I found fun and I found solace in my friends. I began practicing how to love again. I talk about this all the time. In a book I love where they talk about friendship, women missing the opportunity for friendship to be your first practice in real love. And that the prayer that I had prayed over and over again, because there were so many moments where I knew I had lost myself and I kept praying, God, just get me back to conditional and unconditional, giving and receiving unconditional love. God, get me back to giving and receiving unconditional love. And never did I ever realize I was going to get it first in that first practice again with my friends. I was going to experience the intimacy that I crave. And the intimacy that so many people get confused about and go off into unnecessary and unneeded situations because they're craving some type of intimacy or they're craving connection, we think that is only in the opposite sex. I was finding that in my friendships. And I could not believe when I was finally able to zoom out that I had waited so long to lean into this. We have to lean onto something, y'all. Women, we have to lean onto something. Entrepreneurs, we have to lean on something. Men, we have to lean on something. And I know that that is God. And I know that that is your parents. And I know that that is your siblings. But you need like-minded individuals. You need people that can understand and be relatable and that can be damage control when you ain't got it. Because you are going to have a season in your life where you don't have it and your girl did not have it. And every time I thought I was wiping the dirt off and getting up, I was falling back down again. And so friends, female friendships that I had ran from from so long because my insecurities paired with being in a relationship for so long, I thought that I didn't need it. Really, truly, I was running from it. I didn't want it. I didn't want the pain and the betrayal that I had previously experienced before. And so I was constantly protecting myself from it, but it was the very thing that I needed the most and it saved me. I found everything I needed in it. Solace, presence, connection, intimacy, love, safety. I found it all. I found it all inside friendships. And so the fact that I took advantage of that and I'm so thankful that this experience saved me from the the idea that I could have gone years or decades longer thinking that I did not need female friends. Because the same way sex feels sex fuels the ego for both sides. There were so many things in these friendships that I longed for, conversations, sleepovers, um, gifts, love languages, connection that filled my cup more and made me understand the things we search for that I found in friendships. Another thing that 
this last year and a half saved me from was my healing. And I say that because I went to, your girl went to therapists and uh, other modalities of healing years ago, 10 years ago, I was seeing a therapist. I started seeing a therapist at like 23 and 10 years ago. And I had been doing this all, all along, not at the level in which I have done it now, but I was doing this, but it, it was surface level at best. It was surface level at best. I was learning things. I wasn't intentional about what I was learning uh, or what my goals were. Some of the things that I was trying to heal, I was completely unaware of. I was just simply in a discovery phase at best. So it was so surface level because I wasn't intentional. I never did the homework that they asked me to do. And I was in a phase of surface level self-awareness and zero implementation. So you can consume all day long. We are, we are, we love to consume now. We love to consume on social media. We love to consume on Instagram. We love to consume books and then, and go to conferences and feel good. And we don't apply any of these things. So I was in a season of surface level awareness, zero implementation. And of course, 10 years of nothing changed. 10 years of nothing changed. And for the most part, I never understood how much of any of that applied to me when everything applied to me almost everything. And so this shakeup, this, this season of feeling the most profound ripping, ripping me apart, like literally, like I just could feel myself being ripped apart. Like God was ripping something away from me that I wanted to keep. You know, that meme where like they show it online where he's taking something from you, but he has something bigger for you. But I could not feel that. I could not see that. I couldn't, you couldn't tell me that. And it didn't bring me any solace or any, any silence. I wanted to keep what I had. You could not tell me that the life I had was not the life that I was supposed to have. Why are you taking this from me? What are you doing? And he was ripping this from me. Until I found myself on my knees and I knew I had some serious work to do because I was on my knees so much that I was like, what is this codependency? What is this inability to detach from something that, and not to say that it shouldn't matter, but why is something else outside of me bigger than my love for myself? Why am I on my knees every day because something did not go as planned I know that it's normal to hurt after a breakup, but the way the pain that I endured, I was like, I had moments where I was like, why is this detachment so difficult? Why are you, why is something so much bigger than the love you have for yourself? And that's when I knew that despite any of the work I had done, there was some serious work to do. And I saw myself outside of myself so many times as I navigated this new lens of pain, I was doing crazy things. Any, I was doing things to feel because I was so numb. I would do anything just to feel again. I couldn't even figure out. I was so lost. I had lost myself. I was trying to figure out who and where to identify with. I didn't even know who I was and I was simply surviving at all times. So I'm so thankful looking back that this ignited a healing journey that was the most profound yet painful because healing is painful. Don't let anybody fool you. 
the most profound and painful journey I have ever, choice I have ever made in my life. From the things I saw in EMDR about learning that my negative cognition in life for the last 30 something years was telling myself that I do not matter and creating a life around me and a reflection of that, that everything around me and the people I surrounded myself with from the men I chose to the friends I surrounded myself with to the positions I put myself in life was just me further validating my deepest wound of I do not matter to working through my parental wounds. We all have them. There is no level or scale in which to how deep they are, how bad they are. It was identifying and healing them. Realizing how afraid my five-year-old self was and how often she ran the show. Because listen, y'all, homegirl drove the bus. Homegirl was driving the bus too often. And to realize my life's work had been me doing, climbing out of a hole that was so deep, yet the stairs were on the other side. I was climbing a wall that was straight and my, and this, the, the stepping stools that I was trying to use to get out were me trying to prove to people that I indeed do matter. Yet had I asked myself, had I been able to prove to myself first, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had to build the staircase myself but I was trying to use people's validation as stepping stools to indeed prove to myself that I do matter so that I could walk in that and spent a lifetime proving to people that I matter. Yet I never thought that. Learning about my victimization map that I got from my mother, my learning about my human design chart, generator y'all, all day long. I got to use up this energy every day boundaries or the lack thereof. Y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm still learning. I'm still learning about boundaries from business to personal to getting comfortable saying no to as I grow and life and, and there's more stillness and there's, you know, more friendships and more business partnerships and more collaborations and removing jealousy and setting boundaries and learning not to defend myself because people will talk, y'all. They will talk. And a hell of a lot of shadow work. The things that trigger you. Why are you the way you are? Why do you make decisions these way, this way? When does the ego step in? And is this you? Is this your, your voice? Is this your opinion? Or is this someone else's guiding, guiding you? Who is the wanting here? And so much time with God and so much more needed, but it gave me so much reflection. Had I never been put in this position, I promise you, I would have continuously avoid the work. Kind of like some of y'all are right now. You're thinking that you don't have the time to cry in business. You don't have the time to go to therapy. You don't have the time to do the work. Let me put you in on a little secret. If you keep choosing not to do the work and you keep waiting for the correct time for it to come, I promise you it will meet you where you are most uncomfortable. It will meet you head on in a place where it is the most inconvenient. And it is the, where you feel the most incapable, where you feel like you do not have the time, the resources or anything, but you will be so turned upside down, you will then no longer have a choice. You will be at negative 10. You will be like, I have to do this 
or I'll be done. You'll be at a point where you'll be like, if someone just blows the wind the wrong way, I won't be able to do this anymore. Had this not happened to me, I would have continued to grow and operate the version of myself that was the most insecure, unhealthy, anxious, uh, to continue to be loyal of versions of myself that weren't working for me. The version of myself that I have found that I am growing into being rich in real life, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation of being invited into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And that required me to do the work. Don't wait on the time to come. It'll be an ugly one. Find the time. Find the time. Because he saved me from myself by removing me from what I thought to be surface level healing or what I thought to be real healing and step into the beyond the surface level healing that I had done for over 10 years and really get into the deep shit, the real work, the behind the scenes that nobody wants to talk about, the work 99% of people will never do. That would not have happened had I not had to rehab from the inside out, gut the entire inside out and start over. Another thing, and I'll be short with this, uh, but one of my greatest lessons during the season, and I hope this one doesn't bring me to tears, is motherhood. I have learned to be a completely different mom, a completely different mom. I spent so much time in the partnership that I was in proving through proving proving through being proving that I was still young, still fine and still fun trying to use those things to prove that I was worthy of being exclusive to that motherhood fell so low on the list that my son just wasn't the priority that he needed to be and there were times I'll say it and it's unhealthy but my son saved me he saved me I'll never forget when I was talking to somebody and they were like, well, thank God you've had your son on this journey. It must've made it easier. And I felt so like betrayed. I was like, no, it made it harder because I don't have time to feel. I have to constantly show up for my son. He doesn't understand my feelings. I have to be strong all the time and I can't let him see me like this. And they were like, well, I did. I went through exactly what you went through and I went through it with no kids. And I look at you and I think, well, at least you have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And I was like, wow, that's 100% true. My son became such a big why for me to keep going. And on this journey, listen, (laughs) those little small people, they are constantly a direct reflection of whatever you are dealing with internally. If you have not, go back to the episode about that I did called Success Can't Silence the Noise and how I knew that the surface level work wasn't working when my son had a breakdown and ran out in the middle of the street. And when I snatched him up one day and asked him why we both started boohoo crying and he told me, I said, why did you do that? And he was like, mommy, I'm so angry and I don't know why. I'm just so angry and I don't know why. And when I called my therapist and I was like, what am I doing wrong? She said, Isn't that how you feel inside? Isn't that how you feel internally inside? 
Aren't you angry? Don't you want to scream and run away? Don't you want to cry and kick and run? And I was like, yeah. And she said, because your son can feel everything that you feel internally and he's expressing it. He has always shown me through his behavior what I need to work on. Always. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still a proponent of our children, like not wildly altering our lives because there's such a big why for us. So many of us alter our lives that we lose ourselves and our identity, that we don't have to be just moms. But I wasn't giving my son nearly as much guidance, love, and attention as I do now. And I'm, I look back and I'm actually incredibly grateful for this experience and the fact that it reignited my greatest job ever, which is the opportunity. I spent so much of my life helping strangers. And God gave me a little person and was like, help him first. And so the fact that I get to pour all of these resources, all these things that I seek and learn and grow through into him, being able to recenter and refocus all of this energy into him and to see the way that he is growing, y'all, he just went to kindergarten. (laughs) I'm so grateful zooming out of this experience. I'm so grateful that I got to do, it's almost like I got a renewed job, a reset with him. And I'm so grateful for it. All right, two more. This, this truly saved me from the way that I viewed myself. I've told y'all before, but your girl is the most confident I have ever been single, being single. Cause I know there are so many of you out there that you feel, and God bless you. Cause I, You feel better in a relationship. You feel more confident with a man, with a partner. I actually was the opposite. I was never one of those. Relationships always made me think worse of myself. They made me overanalyze everything. I was coaching clarity and confidence in people, but crying over my waistline. I couldn't look myself in the mirror after I had Cam for the first few years and even think or fix my lips to say some of the things I see women say online. Like it it blows, it would blow me when I would hear a woman be like, I'm that chick. I am the one. God took his time on me. Just some of the very confident things women would say, I would literally envy them. Or I would do the opposite, which y'all do this too. I would befriend them because I would see something in them I couldn't see in, in myself. And I would be like, just give me a piece of that. How do I get a piece of the confidence that you carry? Because I'm so obsessed with my waistline right now and the way that I look in a relationship that I can't possibly be confident on the exterior. But it's like they say, one of my greatest lessons during this time was you have to love yourself more than you desire to be loved. And my desire to be loved ran so deep because all I wanted to do was validate that I indeed matter, that it was like, a stick tied to me with an apple on the front. I was never going to catch it. I was never going to get the love I deserved because I couldn't love myself that way. And this journey, this experience was the work that I was missing to change the way that I viewed myself. I love myself in a way, y'all, right now nobody could change. 
Nobody could say something. Nobody could degrade me. Nobody could talk about me. Nobody, not a soul could do something right now that could change the way that I view or see myself, the way that I'm finally able to confidently walk in my purpose, my passion, and this body, this vessel. But I couldn't inside a relationship because I had not met myself yet. I was trying to validate that through other people, other relationships, other friendships, other partnerships, other connections, and the value that I brought to a job, a career, or entrepreneurship, or the money that I brought to the table. That was where my worth was settled. And to realize and invest in myself and heal those wounds and still healing them, and to finally be like, I deserve because I am, I am, period. I am worthy AF because it is my birthright. I can be confident because it is my birthright. I can love this vessel whether my waistline grows, shrinks, increases, decreases because it is my birthright because I am already loved. I'm already given a purpose. I'm already on this earth with a divine talent, a divine skill, and a divine path. All I have to do is walk in it and know that it is my birthright to be. And the work that was missing was that the love that I desired, I needed to give myself. And that only was brought to life and ignited because of one of the most painful journeys that I ran from. Being alone, being single, living in my singleness, my stillness, my aloneness. The last thing this saved me from, because it was a gift and a curse, y'all, and some of y'all are going to relate so well, is the way that I chose to love, the natural way in which I loved. It was a strength and a weakness. It was a gift and a curse. The beautiful, priceless thing that I've learned to embrace about the way that I love is that those closest to me say, I love to love, y'all. I love to love. The love that I will give is limitless and it is loyal. It might take me a long time to get there. I might, we might have a little distance. You might be an associate for a hot minute. But what I once I let you in, you are family. Once I love you, I love you. And I will be all forgiving in all things. I've had to sit down and be like, God, you want me to give them, forgive them the way that you do, or you want me to forgive them the way that culture says that I should, because those are two different things. Because I love to love. I love hard. And if I love you, man or friend, it takes a good long bit, but I'm after I get out of my skepticism phase, I'm in it. And you can hang it up. You can hang it up. Like, my level of forgiveness looks like a revolving door to the point where I've every relationship that I've pause. I'm going to get real vulnerable, vulnerable for a minute. It was jaw dropping in therapy. When I realized that every single partnership that I had been in, the man had walked away from me because my forgiveness was this revolving door. And they finally got to a place, all three of my last relationships where they, they basically said, okay, I've dogged you enough. You've forgiven me too many times. You deserve better. And I'm still not ready to walk away. And I I identify that as such a weakness, such a bad habit, such a, a, a trauma response. 
And while there was so much healing to do there and a wound there, it is also my most beautiful strength. And it's who I am. Because when I've tried to change it in friendships, in anything, I'm not myself. I am not myself. But being able to heal that and learn how to extend that in the right ways for the right reasons and not for the reasons of validation or being worthy of partnership or being worthy of uh, just anyone's validation. It wasn't, it had to be with all the right reasons. It had to come from a healed place and learning that because of that, I was such a victim in relationships. I was carrying my mother's map. I was such a victim in relationships. That revolving door, that constant forgiveness, that overgiving love only meant I didn't value myself. It only meant I didn't value myself, which led me to victim, victimizing myself, people walking away and me blaming everyone else and taking zero responsibility for the lack of love that I had for myself and where that led me. Remember, we've always talked about this on the stranded phase our entire last season, and we're going to continue to talk about it now, the need for radical self-responsibility. And when we, when someone leaves us, when someone betrays us, when someone hurts us, and it seems so intentional, we become such a victim. But there's always a side of it that is the responsibility of you. How did you get there? Why did you choose this? right? And it's not self-sabotage. It's not uh, shame and blame. There was a reality that I had to face that the way I loved was so deep and beautiful, yet it was so unworthy. And so I was such a victim and so chase, I was chasing validation so much and this desire for love that I was willing to lose myself. I was willing to lose myself in my entirety. The stranded phase was four and a half years of the deepest lessons of my life. The last year and a half being my dark night of the soul, my deepest transformation, allowing a complete shedding. And like I just imagine it is walking up to a flat land plane in this this beautiful older home and walking inside and it just be completely gutted from the interior and there being nothing but walls and a shell and having to go in and find out that there's even more problems. The plumbing was incorrect. The stairs had an unsturdy foundation. The walls needed to be replaced before we could even put in the nice things like the granite countertops and the, 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 the beautiful walls and all the stainless steel appliances. We couldn't do any of this because even at its empty hollow shell, there were still things built into this that were undone or done wrong. And so having to go in and gut this from the inside out to rebuild it, to finally get into a state where this can be shown, to be sold, to bloom, to get to this phase where we're ready to be rich in real life, rich in fun, rich in connection, rich in spirituality, rich in community, rich in love. 
I'm trying to be rich in love, y'all. Rich in wealth. Rich in relationship. Rich in all the most important things. Rich in mental health. I had to gut these things. I had to allow myself this pain, this lens, because it allowed me growth to shed that version of me, to get to this version of myself, because all of these things, the way that I loved, led to a lack of love for self. There was a better version of me that was a better mother, and I could not see her. I needed to meet her head on. There was a way in which I needed to be more open-minded in the lessons that I learned that only came from the lesson of this hardship. I had to get past the surface level healing that I thought the way in which everyone said everything needed to be done. I had to go deeper. I had to go deeper. I had to gut all those things. I had to revisit the power of friendship. I had to let it in the very thing that hurt me that I allowed to be such a a wound was the was my saving grace in this season i had to realize that the mindset that i was married to that i don't deserve or i'm not there yet was just a f- a fragment of my imagination that i had created in in a reality that did not exist and i had to realize that a lot of the channels that i subscribed to to learn some of those lessons were old. They weren't for me anymore. Not for where I was going. Not for what God had conceptualized for me. Not for what was supposed to be. Not for my purpose. Not for the divine gift and talent and path that I'm supposed to be walking in. These versions of me no longer worked anymore. And so he put my lessons on 10 speed through one of the deepest hardships I could have ever endured Your girl attracts lessons through people, that's for sure. And I'm I'm on the other side of it. I see a completely different version of myself. And now I know why. I know why. He put my lessons on 10 speed so I could save me from myself because that version of me was not going to work where I'm going. You've heard people tell you, you can't take certain people with you to the next level. He might be talking about you yourself. You can't take that version of you to the next level. Jess couldn't go. Jess couldn't go. Jessica 2.0 could go, but that version of Jess could not go. It was not going to fly. She was going to be too triggered, too angry, too in her feelings, too upset, too close-minded to friendships, collaborations, and opportunities and connections. She was going to self-sabotage because she couldn't view herself in the way that other people viewed her. That version of me could not go. So he saved me from myself. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Send this to a friend, a family member. Take some notes. And I hope you enjoy this next journey with me as we grow and become rich in real life. Love y'all.